Hey, kids! Welcome to the Home Theater Forum podcast. My name is Brian Dobbs. And I'm Sam Poston. Hey, Brian. So today we are going to do something a little bit different. We don't have a industry-related topic, but we're calling this episode, Hey Kids, What You Watching? Where you and I are going to talk about what we've been watching in the second half of the year. Sam, you had a really good idea about how we approach this show what we're going to do is just simply break it down into the good, bad, and the ugly. That's right. Uh, it's one of the classic movies of all time. I got uh, <laughs> Angel Eyes and uh, Il Brute giving me the, the evil eyes right now. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And I've got uh, the Ecstasy of Gold playing in my mind. What I wanted to do was just add a little twist to it. Instead of announcing, like, this is our good section, this is our bad section, and so on, I thought it might be good just to throw a title out there, and you tell me where you think it fell on my list. That sounds great. Now, I got a question for you, Brian. You know that we had this topic of rent, buy, or own. Have you gone to any streaming services yet, or are you still 100% physical media? Oh, no. I mean, every now and then I dip a pinky toe in there. Okay. No, so your list is going to be super easy then. I had to break mine down into physical media versus uh, streaming TV and streaming movies, and so we'll uh, we'll kind of talk about that a little bit too. Is you know how, you know how we watched each of these things. Sam, I'd like to start with the Predator. Okay, so the Predator, the the recent one with oh boy, who was even the lead on that? What was the guy's name? Oh gosh, that's right. It was he was in the Wolverine movie, right? Logan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bad yeah. guy in Logan, that guy. Yeah. So no, yeah. I, I I liked uh, the Predator. I'm gonna I'm gonna put this one in the good. Well, my friend, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid it's gone all the way to ugly. No, no. This one had. Uh, Keegan-Michael Key in it, too. He was funny. You didn't like that? I'm telling you what. On paper, this movie looked like it was going to rock, okay? Yeah. Thomas Jane's in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I popped it on, and I'm telling you, because I think I mentioned this on our last show, and I told you, Sam, I can't watch that movie because that means I have to go back and watch all the other ones just because I'm this freak with my series, right? And I ended up not doing that, and... I'm so glad that I didn't, because it would have been a colossal waste of time. (laughs) You didn't have to start from the beginning? I'm like, you know, no. I want to be able to talk about this with you, Sam. So, like, I just, I'm like, I'm not going to have time. So I just popped it in one day and watched it. And like I said, on paper, this looked like it really worked. But Thomas Jane, he's a a great actor. I mean, I think he's my favorite Punisher. Yeah. He was just acting like a buffoon in this movie. It was just throwing me off so much. I'm like... What's going on here? And this was this was written and directed by Shane Black. Creating these characters was uh, um, 
really kind of the seat of our pants, you know? Uh, wasn't a hell of a lot written down on the page. Um, you know, because there's, I forget how many, but there's a lot of us, there's six of us, say. And, you know, if you were to write down what everybody says, we'd have a script that's 250 pages long. And Shane, you know, he's been writing and doing this long, long enough. Shane's been writing and doing this long enough that he uh, opted to leave out, you know, a, a lot of the dialogue. And then we would sort of come up with it on the day. Or Shane would, which happened more often, Shane would kind of tell you what he wanted everybody to say. And I, said, I thought that was kind of clever. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's got, it's got a good pedigree. And I don't know. I think Shane Black's time has passed. Oh, no. I think Shane Black's last good movie was the one, what was it? Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang. Did you ever see that? Yeah, I, I did. Yeah, I liked it. I liked that. Yeah. yeah. I should actually, I'm going to add that to my list to go buy next year. That was a movie that he cast Robert Downey Jr. in, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of his start of his comeback. It was right before Iron Man. Mm-hmm. And so Robert Downey later you know said hey shane black you did me a solid i'm gonna do you solid and make marvel hire you for iron man 3 right okay okay so that was all great and every well i don't know that's the thing iron man 3 was just it was fine i think there was so much that went into oh shane black is writing and directing this and how awesome is that and then i watched it i'm like there's I don't know. It just seemed like it was trying a little bit too hard yeah. with the lines. And... Was Iron Man 3 the whiplash one? Nah, that was 2. Oh, what was 3? Who was the bad guy in 3? I, yeah, they all, see, you don't, you don't even remember. All, well, the whole series <laughs> runs together in my brain. There's there, 22 was, movies, man. It, it was the one with the Mandarin. I am the Mandarin! Oh. Yeah, not... not, not, not uh... Oh, was that the guy that played... Uh... Guy Pierce. Oh, no, that's not what I'm thinking either. Nope, never mind. I was thinking the guy that... Ben, ben the, Kingsley was in it, too. Yeah, no. Nope. It's completely erased from my memory. See? I'm telling you. <laughs> so anyway, Shane Black. See, you know, he's 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 got good credentials, but that's from the 80s and 90s, and I just, I just don't know if it's working now. And, I mean, Olivia Munn is in this for some reason. I felt mm-hmm. like it had a couple of good moments, but now that I'm trying to think about it, I can't really remember them. Yeah. Well, like I said, I, I laughed at the play off of um, Keegan-Michael Key and, and um, the other bad guys uh, just being a, a kind of F-troop uh, set going there. But oh, man, that- the, the main bad guy, God, that was just like, he was just incredibly evil for no stupid reason. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay. Like, I don't get this, but so it it ended up not being what it was promoting itself to be, which was this great ensemble cast with this fantastic writer director, and it it just ended up so easily forgettable, in my opinion. And I'm I'm actually considering. I mean, do 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 I donate this? Do I do I have any interest in ever watching this again? Yeah, you you, you want it purged from the library, huh? Do I even include it in the franchise? I don't know, Sam. Well, I've, so got, anyway. I've got the disc on 4K, and it's staying in my collection. Yeah, it looked great. Yep. <laughs> Sounded Sh- great. Stuff blows up good. I'm a simple uh, man, Brian. That's all I need. Stuff blowing up good, and, and I'm all sold. Well, that that's true. There is a time and place for that. That's right. All right. All right, so 
Talking about stuff blowing up good, let's talk about the original Mad Max, which I just reviewed for Home Theater Forum. Oh my goodness, the original Mad Max. Okay, well, uh, I own this film, and one of the interesting things about this movie was that that main bad guy was the main same same guy. Yeah, yeah. Fury he, Road. he played the Morton Joe. Yep. That he recast him in that, which was yep. which was a nice callback. Yep. Anyway, okay. Um, I'm gonna say that this was a bad movie. Nope. Nope. I liked it, and I'll tell you why. The reason I liked it is because I think I came into the Mad Max universe at Beyond Thunderdome. I went in to Beyond Thunderdome and. I was like, whoa, where did this guy come from? And apparently there were two movies, not just one, before this. And I think I went back and watched The Road Warrior without Mm. even realizing that The Road Warrior is actually Mad Max 2 in Australia. And I think any time that I would have seen Mad Max, I would have seen it with the American dub on it. And this latest 4K uh, has the Australian voices, which which really, I think, makes a big difference, too. So uh, the the video is significantly cleaned up. It looks very nice on a 4K TV, which makes it so disappointing that they didn't put this into an Atmos track and up, upgrade some of the sound, too, mm. because uh, uh, that's actually on DTS 5.1. I don't even think it's HDMA. It's just some kind of you know DTS track that they had from uh, previous Blu-rays. If you read my review, I actually had trouble playing the DTS because the uh, I've set up my stuff to not go through the receiver now. All of my boxes go through the TV first, and uh, the, the TV is incapable of passing DTS on to the receiver. So I had to do a whole big rigmarole to, to, to make this even work. And then after all that effort, it was kind of disappointing. But I, the, the extras are, are, are pretty decent, and uh, the video looks great. And it was, uh, you know, an eye-opener to go back and say, oh, this world isn't quite as crazy as it gets in Beyond Thunderdome or, you know, Fury Road or stuff like that. That The world's gone to shit for sure, but it, it's still recognizable as our Earth, whereas in those later films, it's it's quite different. So So I dug it. You're describing it as being a world that was recognizable, and that's exactly what I was thinking of. It's it's a world, but you just started to see spiral out of control, and so given enough time between this and then Road Warrior for the next film, it's kind of believable that things have even become more desolate. We're going to go with three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Okay, so I have conflicting feelings about that. So the the acting is terrific. I definitely get the the messaging that they're going for. I didn't like the ending uh, where, you know, with the the team up of the two people that you didn't expect to see ride off and figure things out. So, boy, this could go either way. I'm going to go into bad. That is correct, sir. Okay. I feel the exact same way. There's no ending. That's That yeah, ending it, is such is a cop-out. Yeah, it's like 15 minutes before the ending would have gotten interesting, right? I mean, it's no wonder that what, two or three different people from that movie were nominated for Oscars, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I mean, just terrific character studies. You know, a terrible situation. 
and you know you can see the whole family deteriorate you can see how this one incident just destroys an entire town it does i mean it's it's a unique story pretty creative writing and woody harrelson is such a fantastic person to watch on screen just with every movie he comes out with it's just he's just a delight to watch yeah and just such a range did did you watch um true detective with him in it so What's the point of getting out of bed in the morning? I tell myself I bear witness. The real answer is that it's obviously my programming. And I lack the constitution for suicide. My luck, I picked today to get to know you. Three months, I don't hear a word from you and- You asked. Yeah, and now I'm begging you to shut the fuck up. I got a bad taste in my mouth out here. Aluminum, ash. Like you can smell the psychosphere. I got an idea. Let's make the car a place of silent reflection from now on. Okay? Oh, yes, I did. That was top notch. Who would have thought it watching, you know, Cheers back in the 90s, you know? Exactly. That's so strange. You got to appreciate people's growth and stuff like that. And I I think uh, Harrelson's amazing. This movie could have been good if they just put a realistic ending on. If they gave me any ending whatsoever. Right. Yeah. But they're like, well, we don't know what to do. So here. We'll just cut it off right here. Yep. Okay. Let's go to the back of the rack and we're going to talk about streaming TV here. Teenage Bounty Hunters. Teenage Bounty Hunters. I'm not sure if I know anything about this, Sam. Tell okay. me a little about it. So it's a, it's. And a, I'm going to try to guess. Okay, so two high school twin girls get caught up in a situation where they are, you know, essentially running down somebody who caused an auto accident, and unbeknownst to them, that person's a felon, and they help a bounty hunter capture that guy. And through twist of fate and through needs for money, they themselves become bounty hunters. Okay, who's in this? Anybody I know? No, nobody you would know. So if executed well, I could see that be entertaining, but it also sounds like it could be god-awful. And then I question, it might be unfair to even ask you why you watched this. Was this like something oh, it, you had it was, to watch? No, no, it was a recommendation from somebody in my board game group, and... and I'm having the same reaction you are is like, that can't possibly be good. Okay, well, it, it doesn't sound good to me, Sam, so I'd say it fell into the bad category. It is better than it has any right to be, and I'm going to put it solidly in good but not great territory. Okay. It's, it's got some of the best writing that streaming can offer these days. And again, it's you see again and again that you know women are being let into the writers' and directors' rooms, and they can tell compelling stories. And uh, streaming has just been an absolute boon for storytelling, things that absolutely positively could not have made it on broadcast TV. And this is one of them. It's a sex-positive show where these girls are, you know, going through their. Um, transition to adulthood and new experiences and deciding who they're going to be for the rest of their lives and that has more to do with the success than any bounty hunter angle although that's the driver for the stories teenage bounty hunter hmm. yeah give it a shot yeah if nothing else my wife might be interested now to mention that to her i'll have to look that up interesting okay all right what you got next 
Ooh. Let's go with a movie called Hostiles. Oh, okay. For me, again, the acting was fantastic and it's a uh, is Bale the lead in that? Yes. Yeah, Christian Bale. He's he's terrific in it. But it didn't seem like it had a real message other than things were ugly and people made bad choices based on, you know, their positions in life and we basically screwed over the indigenous people in America. I'm going to go with bad. I can see what you're saying. I put it into the good category. Okay. You just mentioned something. You just mentioned that there really wasn't much much of a message, you know, that's that the film beats you over the head with. And I would agree with that. I think what appeals to me about this film was that it's really a snapshot in time. And yep. Yeah, it's, character study, right? Yeah, and lately... I've just been getting into history, trying okay. to examine yeah. it from a new perspective mm -hmm. instead of just as you grow up and you're in sixth grade and thinking, why do I care about what happened 500 years ago? Like about a bunch of old guys, right. like shedding that cynical mentality. Cause the way I look at it is this, I'm never really going to know what the distant future is going to look like, but I could really transport myself back in time through literature, through, these movies just like this one so i just am able to put myself back then with these characters anytime you can have a realistic portrayal of how things actually were in a period of time that you didn't get to experience firsthand that is more and more appealing to me so i'm okay that it's not such a straightforward narrative it's really just there's a lot of gray area these people aren't necessarily good or bad and just seeing how different people interact and how they grow from that. I found it to be very fulfilling. Yeah, and I, I think that's fair. You know, the history of American cinema is filled with, you know, westerns and cowboys and Indians shoot 'em up type things without giving a lot of screen time or emotional weight to people being attacked. And I think Hostiles does a good job of that. It's been about two years since I saw it. I, I saw it on the first disc release. So it's not really fresh in memory. It, it, it wasn't, uh, it didn't make a big impact for me. But if you enjoyed it, I can support that. Yeah, not a big impact. But, you know, I think this was the same director who did Out of the Furnace. Did you ever see that? No, never even heard of it. It's an, it bails in that too. And it's just, uh, it's essentially modern day, but it takes place in blue collar, working town in Pennsylvania. Woody Harrelson's in that. Okay. He's, he's the bad guy in that. I'm not really sure if there's a point or a message, but it's just kind of a snapshot in, in time, and um, maybe that's what that director makes. All right, so the next one for me is Antebellum, something I just reviewed for Home Theater Forum. Have you seen that one? Antebellum. This sounds familiar. Remind me. It's hard to describe without giving away the movie, but essentially there are two parallel storylines. One in currently ongoing Civil War America, where a slave revolt has just been shut down and the slaves that were recaptured are trying to get out again. And also modern day where Janelle Monet, the singer and now actress, is living as kind of a woke inspirational speaker and writer and 
she has a connection to the slaves in the first story. Oh, man, that sounds interesting. I put that under good just by that description alone. If that's coming across, it's because I really did like it, but it got terrible reviews. And I'd, I'd say it's like 20% on the tomato meter. I really did like it. It does hit you over the head with the kind of progressive themes that, you know, obviously a lot of Americans are either very much embracing or very much tired of and against. I thought it was terrific. Janelle Monet, I don't know if they're doing Oscars this year or not. This was a 2020 release. It was one of the last films that actually made it into theaters uh, before they all got shut down. But if they're doing Oscars this year, then uh, Janelle Monet should definitely be considered for her performance. Wow, man. That's really cool. Janelle Monet. I've seen her in other things. Yeah, yeah. She was in uh, Hidden Figures, maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She was, was good in that. Yep. The Mountain Between Us. Oh, I bought that code and have not seen it. That's uh, Idris Elba, right? That's right. And uh, Kate Winslet. Yeah, it's on my list to watch, but I have not gotten to that one yet. I'm going to go with, uh, it doesn't seem like you, and I, I don't mean that in any kind of pejorative way, but it doesn't seem like something you would have chosen, maybe something your wife picked out, and I'm going to go with bad. That's right, sir. Yeah, okay. <laughs> See, I um, know you a little bit. Yeah, and that's what's going to make, that's what I like about this, because I you hope do your know wife me a little bit. I hope your wife doesn't hate me for that, and I hope it wasn't her pick. <laughs> no, she, she doesn't. It was actually my pick, just because okay. it was it was a really cheap title, so I just picked it up. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure, why not? Whatever, well, and, and, and I absolutely love Idris Elba. I, I thought he should be the next James Bond, and have been severely disappointed every time it gets denied that he will be the next james bond well i don't think we know yet really well i don't know i i keep hearing rumors it's not gonna be him well yeah and it probably won't be but i mean don't they have to cast young because they're gonna because the character needs to be with them for four or five films yeah that's probably true and maybe they could make him a, a bond villain that would be pretty good he'd be a great bond villain too oh there you go yeah that's a good idea but yeah, this movie I picked out, and it was just kind of a lazy afternoon one day, and I popped it on, and I'm like, okay, I feel like I've seen this premise before. Yeah, like and the, the gray or you know any of the other similar yeah, ones. Yeah, right. Even that one back in the '90s with the soccer team. What was that? Alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. And didn't they eat each other though? Do they? Do they eat each yeah. other in this one? Yes. Because <laughs> uh, uh, I would pay to see that. You know, Idris yeah. Elba eating Kate well, Winslet. I know. I, yeah, I'm not going to tell you anything else. <laughs> um, okay. But I, I just, this is a beautiful movie. I will mm -hmm. tell you that much. Beautiful. Uh, the okay. scenery. It you you kind of feel like you're there with them. Okay. I guess I was hoping that this movie would give me something different than what I've seen before in this mm -hmm. genre of movie. Sure. And um, I guess I didn't see that, so maybe, okay. maybe you might. Well, I mean, that's what I liked about The Grey, right? I mean, again, it's that stuck-on-a-mountain type thing, and you've got this one man's perspective on how he's going to get through it and how he deals with the wolves and stuff like that. So so if, if it doesn't live up to at least that level, then I'm out. Mm. If you like The Grey, then you might like this. See, I didn't okay. like The Grey. All right. Well, I I had issues with the gray. It was you know it was too long and. Uh, okay. All right. I'm gonna throw one from out of left field again. 
Yeah. This was also on streaming, but it's the Hitcher remake with, oh boy, what was the guy's name that played uh, Ned Stark? Uh, oh. Yeah. 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 Sean Bean? Yeah. Scene Bean. <laughs> <laughs> Scene Bean. What do you think? Oh, I, let, 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 let me tell you this. And I, I absolutely loved the original Hitcher. My mom and I would watch that every Halloween. Okay. Ugly. I'm going to put this just barely in the good category. And once again, I'm going against the critics average on this one. I thought it was good. It's not a shot for shot remake, but there's an awful lot of homage or just blatant copying off the original see and i felt like i already knew that even before you told me and i feel like i didn't know this was a remake but i do vaguely remember watching a trailer and considering how you said you really were a big fan of the first one i figured like a remake is never going to live up to the original right it's got just enough originality and a little bit of a twist that makes you appreciate that it wasn't a completely wasted effort to to remake this movie. Oh, okay. A lot of that is on Sean Bean's shoulders. He plays the character very, very differently than Rutger Hauer did. Just as menacing, but a little bit more that there's some reasoning behind why he's who he is. Okay. So A little bit more character depth. Yeah, 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 for sure. Okay. Let's go Hitman's Bodyguard. Okay, so Hitman's Bodyguard was Samuel L. Jackson, right? Yeah, yeah. And who's the other guy? And Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds, yeah, yeah. I get him and Gosling confused. I'm going to go with bad because that's where I would have put it. There's just enough good in that that I could see you claiming it is good. Let me ask you about that because I'm trying to remember this movie, and I know it had action in it. It's just Samuel Jackson and Ryan Reynolds, and who's the bad guy? Oh, jeez. Yeah, it's not even... I know it's like a famous British actor, if I remember right. But any, anyway, uh, the, the, the team-up is always the reason for a movie like that, right? And the, the play off of the characters, and of course, shit blows up good in a couple spots. But it, it just didn't work for me. Yeah, I put this in ugly. Ugly. Okay, I can validate that too. I feel like these people should know better. Ryan Reynolds is yeah. Deadpool, and Deadpool is Ryan Reynolds, and that's yeah. his thing now. And every time I see him in a different movie, I just know that that's the Ryan Reynolds brand I'm getting. And I saw Hitman's Bodyguard. Okay, they're going to get Ryan Reynolds, put him with Samuel L. Jackson. Both of them are just going to improv on set and ping pong back and forth, and they're going to shoot guns, and it's going to be exactly the movie that you think it's going to be. Yep. And... With the last movie, I'm not sure if it brought anything new to the genre. I was hoping it would be, oh, well. I take a look at the the, the promotional material, and I'm thinking, is this really exactly what it's claiming to be? Or is there something about it that is a twist on the genre that makes it unique and makes it so that you have to see it? No, there's no there there. (sighs) Exactly. And I was just, I'm like sitting here like halfway in, and I'm thinking, I don't want to finish this. Can I just go home now? (laughs) (laughs) I paid for this. Why? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll I'll give you an easy one. Okay. The Netflix blockbuster Hubie Halloween. 
Oh my goodness, Sam. I'm not sure what this is. Is this an animated movie? No, it's Adam Sandler in the latest Adam Sandler Netflix collaboration. <sighs> okay, it's Adam, It's an Adam Sandler Netflix movie. Okay, we're going to go with bad. No, no, sir. This is so far ugly that it <laughs> defines ugly. And I'll tell you what's worse about it is that I actually have friends who laugh their ass off at this movie. Oh. And I don't get it, man. It's like I, I cannot understand a country where this is like the most popular movie on Netflix, and it is just so god awful, fucking dumb. I mean, I get Adam Sandler's appeal. I like a lot of his characters, but. This in the Misfortunate Six or whatever the hell the last one was that he did on Netflix, man. I the the guy is a genius for getting whatever money he can out of Netflix and being able to get all his friends on set and get a payday for these. But I am not a fan. Uh, yeah, no, that's that's well, <laughs> I was giving a little bit more credit just simply because. Oh well. Netflix keeps giving him money, so there must be something to these movies, right? Well, yeah, I think the something is America is what it is, because apparently uh-huh. Americans have an appetite for dumb. Yeah, that's that's about what you can expect nowadays from Adam Sandler, which is so funny, because didn't he just come out with a movie, like a dramatic role where everyone's oh, giving yeah. him a lot I'm, of credit? You get surprised at people making you know genius moves in their careers, and then they put out Hubie Halloween. Hubie Halloween, man, that just sounds like that just sounds so shitty. Yep. Like, like what's that one he did with? Uh, he, he he starred as his own twin sister. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't even remember the name of that, but yeah, oh, terrible. God, just so much stink there. Yep. Have you ever seen that one called Funny People? Was it called Funny People? Something like that, yeah. And, But yeah, I mean, it's got Kathy Bates, it's got Steve Buscemi, it's got a whole bunch of other famous people, and it's just... Oh, Steve Buscemi, I like him. It's just god-awful. I mean, if you can make a bad movie with Steve Buscemi in it, man, something is wrong with you. Ugh, God. Okay. All right, moving on. Let's go with Greatest Showman. Oh, if that's not good, you and I can't be friends. <laughs> Man, yes, this is indeed a good film, for okay. sure. Very good. Oh my, this this soundtrack, I don't know if you remember, I think we were speaking about it last time, about how much bass certain movies oh, produce. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is one of them. You pop on just the opening number to this yeah. movie. Bass in singing, not not just in shit blowing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm all for that. Yep. You know when they're stomping, do do right? Yep. And it sh- it will shake your walls so much. But the music is great. Mm-hmm. Every single one of these songs, I-, I actually bought the soundtrack and just me and my kids, we listened to it on repeat driving out here. Yeah. And it's just so catchy and so inspiring.
And I mean, we, we've seen this story a million times before, right? But it's just so well told and the music is so good and, and um, the actor is just absolutely fantastic. It, it couldn't have been cast better. It's really efficient storytelling and I was really happy that there was something special quality about this movie because I am not one. I'm not usually one to watch musicals, mm-hmm. but this one, it added that new modern pop sensibility to the, yeah. to the songs. And so they were just so doggone catchy. And the message, it rams it down your throat. It really does about diversity and all this kind of stuff and not objectifying people anymore, not, not right. excluding people from society just because they look different anymore. Right. It, it yep. beats you over the head with that. But yep. eh, it, it could have easily been so schmaltzy mm-hmm. for its own good. And I would have to suffer getting through it. But it was not that. I was so delightfully surprised let's talk musicals for a second here okay good good, bad or haven't seen la la land oh good yep okay so same kind of vibe as uh, the music yeah Yeah, without with being a completely different genre of story but just in how the execution i think there's a lot of parallels hamilton haven't seen it okay so again a very very different style but as far as the storytelling and the music all working together, it, if, if you get a chance to see Hamilton, you, you really should. There was one other one I was going to add. Um, Sweeney Todd. You ever ah, see Sweeney Todd? Saw that at the time. I, I, when did that come out? Or, uh, what, well, like I mean, there, there's the the modern remake movie, and, but I mean, it goes all the way back to Angela Lansbury in the 70s. Oh, and that's oh, where okay. I came into Sweeney Todd. Uh, I just saw the Johnny Depp one. Yeah, Johnny Depp, yeah. That's okay. Um, that you know the the Broadway versions I think have been been way better, but it, it's an mm. interesting telling. You know, I don't think when I watched it, it was for me. But yeah. if I watched it nowadays, who knows? I might have a different opinion about it. it if you um, ever get a chance to see the Angela Lansbury version, please do. I may even be able to send you a DVD of it. It's oh. it it's a really engrossing tale, and the music. It, it I think it's Sondheim, right? It's one of those guys. Uh, it just really comes together well. Cool. Awesome. I'll have to check that out for sure. All right. Uh, back over to the streaming side of things. Tiger King. Oh, gosh. I would imagine that's probably entertaining. So uh, if you could suffer through the reality television nature of it all, who knows? There might be something unique in there. And it was very popular. We could put that under good. Yeah, I, I liked it. Um it's right. one of those things. I'm not a sit down and watch ten episodes kind of guy, but uh, I I think I watched the entirety of Tiger King in two days, and then I watched some of the behind the scenes stuff on it. So there's a reason why it's been so popular. And again, <laughs> I don't have a high opinion of America's taste overall, but I think they were right on this one. Oh, you mean it fits right in with what? Oh, I mean, it's completely barren characters who are just jerks and weird. Overall, the story is just so well told that you're like, I can see why people are digging on this. Ah, okay. Yeah, just that that was one of those weird phenomenons that just kind of came out of nowhere. I'm like, what is this? Is this a parody of something? What am I not getting? Right. Like, what is going on here? No, and the, the guy's still in jail, too, so uh, the the story's not over, you know? 
Yeah, wasn't there a woman involved in her? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it's saying or something. Yeah. Oh yeah, and and you still see people come up with memes and references to it today. So, so you know how they have the masked singer on TV? Yeah, I've seen a couple episodes of that. Not really what I was expecting, but but I enjoyed it. Did you see that now they're going to come out with like a masked dancer? Ooh, I don't know if that'll play as well because. You know, how can you tell who somebody is by their dancing? Is this all we can do, America? It's just... You will never be wrong basing your opinions on the lowest common denominator of America. I am by no means a fan of any of the America's Got Talent or, you know, Star Search or any of those Next Great Singer or whatever the hell those are. But I thoroughly enjoyed The Masked Singer and I, I got caught up in trying to figure out who some of them were. I think maybe I saw three episodes, and it was probably the season before this one. I don't watch a lot of broadcast TV. I, I've just turned off my DVR, so I can't even put it in and have it come up and, and say, oh, you've got three episodes to watch if you've got nothing else going on anymore. Mm-hmm. So, but, but if I was DVRing things today, that might be something I would throw in there as a guilty pleasure. Hellboy. Oh, the new one? Yeah. Man, I so wanted this to be good. I mean, I I love David Harbour. I thought he was one of the best parts of Stranger Things. But something just did not work in this movie. So I'm going to go for either bad or ugly. And I will settle in the middle on bad. Yeah, I guess we could have gone either way. Because I put it as ugly. David Harbour... You know, he has a lot going for him. He's a fantastic actor. I really wanted him to succeed with this. And I was just hoping that this wasn't just some weird big CGI fest. That's all it was. The writing was really bizarre. I wasn't really sure. Like, great action sequences, or at least a few great action sequences. Some really interesting ways of, like, just harming and killing people. Yeah. Um, But it was just one big CGI fest, and easily forgettable yeah it's that whole godzilla advertising you know plot matters and um unfortunately you took away the two magical elements that work so well together in the original movies of uh, guillermo del toro and ron perlman i think harbor acquitted himself as well as he could have with this particular movie but there just wasn't a spark there outside of him right there's something missing and i i really wanted this movie to succeed i just like the visual aesthetic i like the character just from you know what little i know i don't read the comics or anything like that but you know based Mm -hmm. based on perlman's portrayal of the character i i've really dug that but this one didn't do it for me yeah maybe robert rodriguez should try it next he would do a good one i think yeah you know the, the the thing is with rodriguez so much of his stuff was great because he was working low budget and had to be creative with stuff so i don't know how you do that to him today if you give him the the full cgi budget so okay uh parasite oh goodness okay just ordered this haven't seen it but i do remember he got all those awards right right okay this movie could easily be one of those movies that everyone talks about for whatever reason, maybe because it won the awards, but then when you actually watch it, isn't any good. It's just so weird and bizarre. Respect! 
So, mm, but sometimes it works. This, oh goodness, I'm gonna go with bad on this one. Nope, uh, the critics were right on this one, and uh, the latest 4K UHD looks absolutely terrific, and it has the best Atmos track for a drama that I've ever heard. You know, some of the things that I didn't recognize when I first watched it as a stream, when you rewatch it again with the critical eyes I did to review it, I mean, there's a theremin song in the middle of the thing that is just absolutely mind-blowing. The, wow. The, um, the production on the high and low of the rich family and versus the poor family, watching some of the... The things you don't catch the first time around because you actually know the story and how things are going to develop. It's better the second time around. I know so many people have trouble watching movies with subtitles, but if you're going to watch one movie with subtitles this year, make it Parasite because it's a remarkable film. And I will tell you that the batch of extras that comes with it really cracks open the director's mind and uh, lets you know what he was thinking think themes behind the scenes you're like how can you make a movie about stairs but with you know the high and low aesthetic you know stairs become an interesting and important part of the movies i i really did enjoy cracking through that even going so far as to watch some of the um also subtitled FanFest type featurettes that are on the film. So I really dug getting a second crack at Parasite, and I liked it more the second time around. I'm happy to hear that because um, I, I, I do trust your perspective on these things. So that one's coming. So I can't, now I can't wait to see it. And he, here's the crazy thing. There, there's not a character in the entire movie that you can either identify with or empathize with or want to see succeed in it and still the movie works and you can do that you've got a bit of genius on your hands i think let's go with girl in the spider's web Ooh, okay so i think i saw that theatrically and kind of put it out of my mind and then wound up buying it as a stream and watching it again and saying to myself didn't i see this once already about a quarter of the way through, said, yeah, I sort of remember watching this. I like the, the that whole series of movies. I think this one was one of the ones that was written after the original author, Stieg Larsson, died. Um, so it didn't quite have the spark that his, uh, his imagination did. But the character is just so well done. So I could see somebody coming into this fresh and liking it, but personally, I would put it in the bad category. You are spot on, my friend. Okay. I felt, yeah, the people making this movie try to make a good movie. Mm-hmm. And it's got all those big set pieces, right? You could tell they were their, their heart was in the right place. This wasn't a cash grab, but it just didn't hit the mark. It doesn't gel, right? It, it doesn't. It's not cohesive for some reason. Yeah, I just found myself not really caring. It felt like they were dipping into the same well that they may have dipped into in previous movies, just having the focus be on Elizabeth Salander's personal story. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did, 
I don't know why they're doing that. I don't really think it needs to do that. Maybe maybe there's really nothing else for her. I don't really know how many other books there are that they could adapt yeah. into a movie. But, uh, you know, after the, if this is the be- the next best one, then I don't know, man. Yeah. A for effort, but somewhere C plus in executions. All right, let's go to this one. Have you heard of this? Uh, 13 Ghosts? Oh, my gosh. That's like 15 years old, right? Uh, well, the original is, like, from the 70s, I think, or maybe even the 50s. Okay. When did this one come out? Uh, hang on. Google's our friend here. 2001. It's actually older than I thought. Ah, yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. I did not know this was a remake. Yeah. Tony Shalhoub, uh, Matthew Lillard, Shannon Elizabeth, and with a little bit of F. Murray Abraham. Yeah. What did Murray Abraham ever do to you? F. Murray Abraham. <laughs> what? I'm cracking myself up just thinking about it. So it's a remake of the 1960 film 13 Ghosts by William Castle. Dude, what are you doing watching this movie? That movie was god-awful. This is ugly. You are absolutely right. (laughs) It was on the iTunes sale last week before I was (laughs) headed home for Thanksgiving. For 25 cents, I hope. (laughs) I had never heard of it. Apparently, it it had completely escaped my attention and it has tony it has tony shalhoub in it who my mom absolutely loves as monk i'm not a big monk fan but she loved monk and it had uh matthew lillard from scream and shannon elizabeth from american pie and it was a horror movie i'm like how bad can this be well we found out it was so So bad. bad That we turned it off 25 minutes into it. My mom was Ah. like, this is just unwatchable. I'm like, thank God you said it. So, I mean, that's the deal. You know, I've got got an iTunes library of a thousand movies, but, you know, I've got to pick stuff out that I know my parents are going to dig for when I'm visiting up in New Jersey. And I was like... This hits all the all the marks. It's Tony Shalhoub. It's horror, uh, and it's got cheesecake. And for me, and <laughs> nope, nope, complete zero. She likes Tony Shalhoub, right? Is that why you thought she might like it? Yes, and it's a horror movie, and she, we 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 dig classic horror movies, and this, ah, okay. this was just plain goofy. Yeah, no, this is it's just trash. God awful. So. Well, I wish you had told me that last week because oh. uh, I made a mockery of myself telling my mom that I thought she would like this and she thought mm-hmm. I had three heads. Well, good for you for turning it off after 25 minutes. Yes. My God. And we never do that, right? I mean, I'm the guy that went and saw Jaws 3D in the theater and had a, a relative walk out 20 minutes into it, and I stuck it out while the whole movie while waiting waiting for me to come back out of it so they could drive me home. Um, so, so, <laughs> so bad, so bad. This was worse. Uh, you know what I'm doing, Sam? As I'm looking at my list, I'm purposefully picking ones out that are a little bit more on the ambiguous side. Yeah, uh, yeah, me, me too. I'm kind of mixing it up. As we continue with this show, it makes more and more sense to do it that way because it makes it more fun. Yep. Like, just for example, I put down here under my good category, there's something about Mary. Okay. And, I mean, I think that's a universally loved yeah, movie. Yeah, I mean, so, if you so, don't like, like there's something about Mary, uh, there's probably something wrong with you. Now that I'm going through this, I'm like, oh, well, I could have easily taken that off the list just yeah. because there's... 
it's it's more enjoyable talking about these ones that <laughs> you could either love or hate. Oh, oh I, I've I've got a lot of ambiguous ones in my list for sure. That's so. the show. Okay, yep. now we now we got it. Now we got it. We 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 got the uh, formula. We're good to go. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna cross off. There's something about Mary. Okay. okay? I'm gonna cross off Creed two. Oh no no no! That's ambiguous for me. Let's talk about that. What? Okay. All right. Well, let, whose turn is it? Yours or mine? Uh, it's mine. You used it thirteen goes. It's yours. Okay. Creed two. If if this isn't bad, we're we're gonna have a fight. Oh, then let's fight. <laughs> fight. 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 You Dude. like Creed two? Yes, I like Creed two. How I, can you I, not like Creed two? Oh man, the ending of this is just so god awful with the. Let's be friends with the the Russians. Oh, dude. Well, you know. Oh, it's come a, on now. It's it's come on. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna put my review up for Creed two. I think oh. I reviewed that one and not just watched it. Okay. But yeah. No, I did not like Creed two. I love Creed one, but I thought the Creed two redemption story was bad. The whole thing or just the ending? Just the ending. The redemption of, of him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Dude, but I get I it. It's know. Rocky, right? So it's Rocky by any other name. Dude, I didn't want a Creed one. Okay. Okay. I didn't. I didn't want that movie. Why couldn't Stallone just leave Rocky alone? Right. It ended on such a high note. Why risk anything? But then that movie came out, and I was like, Oh my goodness. Yeah, there's something this, there, right? There is something there, and it's not just Stallone doesn't make a cameo; he's a supporting character, right? Yeah, a legitimate supporting character, a, a side character that you can actually say, "Why doesn't this guy have his own story?" <laughs> yeah. And then they bring Dolph back yeah. for the yeah. second one. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, that makes total sense." Yeah, yeah, because he's got something to prove, and it analyze and it looks at Dolph's life yeah. with him, you know trying to prove himself yeah in in the shadow of the failure that was that fight so many years ago like yeah. that's 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 a long time coming yeah and i don't know that that works yeah it Isn't didn't as work good as for the me. first one but okay uh, no right. i mean I, I i don't think i didn't okay i didn't want to creed one and i certainly didn't want to creed two right but if they came out with it fine so because creed one ended on on such a high note, I'm like, they can't possibly. What else are they gonna do with this? Like, yeah, are, are, is it just gonna be Rocky all over again? But because they went back to Rocky and that storyline, it really does bind those early Rocky films with this. And and now you look at the whole thing. I don't see the Creed franchise as being separate from the Rocky franchise. It's all under the Rocky umbrella. So I'm gonna give you a pass on this one, but there's a important side note to this whole discussion all right you ready for okay. it okay all ready right for side it? note yeah all right rambo last blood in this one rambo speaks a lot more uh he's like i said part of a family whereas he used to be isolated so you get to really understand how he thinks how he ticks and uh, it's quite different yet as emotional as the first one. I think this has all the potential to be the best one for me. Oh, it God. wasn't on my list, but yes or no. Um, 
Dude, this this was a. Mm, you know what? I feel like we talked about this. We on did. We did. Episode. We did. But but and I think both of us were in agreement that this was not a good movie. Right. So I would put it in ugly. Oh, okay. You're going all the way ugly. I am. All but right. I will. T- I would tell you if you took the first seventy minutes of Rambo: Last Blood out and you just had the last thirty minutes, it would be a good movie. There you go. Except for maybe him being on the porch and being ambiguous. Wait. Oh wait, 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 I'm sorry. Okay, which part do we keep in? Oh, we we keep the last thirty minutes where he's okay. actually hunting the guys down, but right. you cut the last thirty seconds off. Oh, you didn't like the way that ended, huh? No, not at all. No, you uh, Rambo's about being decisive, right? There, there's nothing ambiguous about Rambo, and you know this this whole very badly thought out human trafficking angle for the first half of the movie was not good. You know what? Now that I'm thinking about this, I, I agree with what you're saying. The, the whole premise was the, exactly what you imagined it to be just by like a one sentence description of the movie. Right. Yeah. And now that I'm thinking about that ending to tell you the truth, I don't think I remember the ending. What I do remember are those weird motion graphics of the previous films that they stitched over to the credits oh i don't remember that there was some really neat visual thing they did with with the previous rambo films oh they... oh yeah yeah i i agree with you that that was actually pretty cool right they they threw it back to afghanistan and threw it yeah. back to yeah yeah that was good i love that that's that's what i'm remembering i don't remember yeah. what what was what the no. last 30 seconds so, were before, so, so prior be, 30 seconds be, between that and the, the fight in the tunnels yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? I just bought that too, because it was on sale for like five bucks. I'm like, yeah, that's that's a good price for it. But I mean, it's got 20 minutes of the best action of 2019. So right. I mean, I mean that's a de- yeah. that's like a that's like a saw movie. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I that's a that's a good description. Rambo: Last Blood saw the final yeah. chapter, part seven. Well, speaking of that, you know they've made Rambo and the Predator and a bunch of, and the Terminator all characters in the latest Mortal Kombat game. Dude, I love watching me some Mortal Kombat trailers. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I just watched the one Terminator versus Rambo. Did you yeah, see that that's one? what that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. In the future, machines are in charge. All human life is terminated. Fight! I don't oh. play the game, but that is that is like the best thirty seconds of watching other people video game you could do. It is because they model them perfectly. Yep. Do they actually get their voices too? Oh yeah, yeah. They're they're fully licensed. It's Schwarzenegger and Stallone. I mean, it sounds like them. I mean, that yeah. is that is Rambo out of out of Rambo three. Yep. And I'm like, it's he's got all. He's just freaking shredded yep and i'm like oh my god yeah they really captured that four percent body fat stallone from rambo 3 and the red headband and and the violence is incredible yes it's, it's disgusting but it's yes. just so entertaining to watch and i really wish i kept up with my mortal kombat skills like you know you put me on mortal kombat one or two and i'm yep. decent but beyond that, it just got way too complicated, and I was like, I'm just gonna sit back and watch because yeah. it's as if you went to the arcade and watched like the older kids play yeah. on the machines. Like you were too young to play, maybe, 
Uh, you really didn't know what you were doing, but it was really cool just to watch the other kids because they knew what they were doing. They did the fatalities. Dude, I am 50 years old now, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't get the whole appeal to Twitch and watching other people playing video games for like the last couple years. But now I, I can watch other people play video games the way some people can watch hockey and baseball and, and NBA. You're watching people who know what they're doing play entertaining rounds in some of the most graphical and grisly and best sounding games ever. I can watch people play something like a Mortal Kombat because I know that they're going to get the cool moves in that I would never pull off. Fatality. So I'm all for that. Uh, let's go with Trolls World Tour. Oh, Jesus Christ, Sam. What are you watching that for? It's 4K and shit blows up good. It probably looks amazing. Dude. Okay. See, I need to know why you watch this. Did you watch? How did you, how did you get this? Uh, the, the 4K movie came out at such a, a low price point that I, that I had to have it. Okay. I don't blame you for that because if it's a low price, man... I might be a little bit more exploratory on my titles, for sure. I'm going to guess good simply for the visuals alone. Okay, and you are absolutely right. The, the story is somewhat forgettable, but yeah. the music in it and the absolute candy-coating gloss on all of the HDR-rendered and Atmos sound in it make up for whatever story deficiencies there are. It's essentially a world tour, as the movie says, through a whole bunch of different kinds of musical genres, everything from country to heavy metal to pop, and that is just so remarkably well done that the only downer is, is that they decide to go to a non-cover finale they create a new song that just does not track with any of the cover songs that they had done so if they'd done like a medley that had covered all the genres that the trolls were into it would have been like the greatest ending ever unfortunately they didn't stick the landing and they they fell flat at the end it is just pop sugar mm -hmm. I, again i'm not the target audience for this but i can imagine kids eating this up just because it looks and sounds so good yeah, as you're describing it, though, <laughs> I'm imagining what it looks like on, on my TV here. Yeah, and I would start with the first one. Oh, okay, this is a sequel? Yeah, the sequel's definitely better, in my opinion. Ah, okay. Is it 185? Ooh, I think, yeah, so it fills the screen for you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Dude. they do a whole lot of animation in 235. Yeah, you know, that was the thing with the Ice Age movies. The, they had five of them, at oh. least, and, like, the last two or three were two, three, five. And I'm like, really? Come on, okay. guys. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Um, while we're on that subject, I was shocked when I popped this movie in that it was framed in 185. Okay. Ten Commandments. No way. That's not 185. Dude, that's the same reaction I had when I popped it in. Really? It must be like the only biblical epic that is in 1.85, huh? Must be. I, I got the Blu-ray of it. I mean, I don't think they recropped it, but I couldn't believe it. So my, my enjoyment of that film went up since the last time I had seen that movie on my 4x3 television 25 years ago. Uh, I'm Googling this right now. Yeah, you go ahead. <laughs> 
Alright, let's see what Mr. Google says. Yeah. Oh, they re-released it at 220 and 239, cropping the top and bottom from the picture's original 1.85. So you are right. Originally released and then re-released as pan and scan the other way. Hmm. Huh. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> so it is is this your pick? Good, bad, or ugly? It, it yeah, I had it in my good. Okay. Um, I mean Charlton but... Charlton Heston, right? And so his iconic performance is Moses. The movie is obviously a classic and anybody who says it's anything besides good is probably questionable of the biblical epics it's not my favorite but what a performance by heston and uh certainly it's treasured by 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 people of faith so i've got nothing bad to say about it i i'm i'm not a person of faith anymore again not the target audience here you can't fault the performance the pageantry or the story and yul brenner is in such incredible shape. That's right. He's he's the pharaoh, right? God, I mean, he's so lean and just so yeah. muscular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it's incredible? Is, is that the movie with the the uh, the stabs to snakes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember that. It's probably been twenty years since I've seen this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if I'm gonna go with biblical epic, it's probably gonna be Ben Hur. So what's next? All right, let's see. I got to flip back over to my list. Oh, let's uh, let's talk uh, streaming again. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Netflix, uh, Sex Education. Have you seen that one? Ah, uh, no, I've heard of this. Uh, is this Gillian Anderson? Gillian Anderson, and I watched three episodes until I I kept saying to myself, "Who is that woman? I know her," but the <laughs> Australian accent threw me. I would guess this is good. Yeah, I I absolutely love this. And I'll tell you that one of the things that, again, I value about streaming and, you know, obviously movies on disc and and theatrical is that they can tell these stories that simply don't ever get told from a network perspective. And with streaming, being able to kind of bridge the long format stories the way broadcast TV can, but without the restrictions and unlike cable tv no commercial breaks and uh you can usually binge whole series at you know in a weekend sex education just hits all of the uh, the pluses for me again it's tackles some subjects that a lot of people don't want to even think about or deal with but it handles them so responsibly and with such care that I would think that if I was a teenager today or, you know, late teen watching something this, it it would be, you know, almost illuminating to have these kinds of perspectives on the different kinds of people in the world and what people are into. And, you know, I didn't know a gay person until I went to college. And then the first couple that came out was like, you know, mind blowing. And it was like, okay, I, I, I guess my perspective has changed on the world and how i treat people and you know what i've said in private you know and and how that's affected them to have a show like this to give you exposure to you know so many different you know uh, you know uh, things that people are into and and not and how, how they're dealt with and you know dealing with things like shame and and body types you know i can't give it enough praise I'm so happy you outlined all of that for me because 
I totally get where you're coming from. I, I totally understand all of what you're saying. And that's what I kind of gathered from maybe the promotional stuff I saw before. Uh, it looked like it was a quality production. And you're absolutely right when these shows try to tackle these subjects that may make certain people feel uncomfortable. But I'm so glad they're handling subject matter like this because, you know, I listen to uh, the Dan Savage podcast and he talks sure. about yep. love and relationships and all that kind of stuff. So, it's like, to me, it kind of fits in to that zone. Mm-hmm. And it's it's nice being able to work through some of these issues that other people have kind of got because it gives you perspective on you know, how you handled things in the past versus how you may handle things in the future. And, um, you know, I think this country is so focused on violence that it sometimes forgets that love and relationships kind of need attention, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that completely. And we're, um, the old adage is sex sells, but that's not really true in America. In America, violence seems to s- significantly outweigh, uh, you know, outsell sex these days. Yeah. So... I think this next selection is a perfect response. Okay. Season one of Masters of Sex. Ooh, you know, I watched the the first episode of that uh-huh. and couldn't get into it. Um, it. It's still in my list to get back to, and I, I hear it gets better. I'm going to obviously say that it's in the good category for you, but uh, I couldn't get into it. Mm, yeah, for all the reasons that you like sex education, same thing. I was like, as you're describing that, I'm thinking of Masters of Sex. I'm like, yes, it's like it's doing the same sort of thing. Obviously, the time period's a little bit different. The first episode was like, ooh, what is this this new kind of show here? But the, the season very quickly picks up and it introduces new characters and how they play off of each other because there's, there's very different types of characters in this series. And what's the lead actor's name? I she couldn't remember. Yeah, I couldn't remember. You know, the main character, Bill Masters, is it's based off of a real-life couple. Yes, yeah. I don't know yeah, if you knew that. Yeah, so, Masters and Johnson. Yeah, and I wasn't aware of them before I watched this, but I looked up just a little bit just to kind of understand the perspective on things. Sure. You know, we take for granted how open people are about their relationships, you know, mm-hmm. or, or how how sex and love and relationships have evolved because everything was a certain way. Everything yeah. was much more restrictive back in the 50s, right? And now yeah. things are much more liberated. So Yeah, and and so I grew up in the middle of that in the 70s, so seeing mm-hmm. the spectrum of having come from everything being, you know, completely untouchable you couldn't talk about that to today is a journey it's nice to be reminded of what things used to be like and how unfortunate people's lives used to be i mean it it, you know being a part of the 50s you know it it does delve into segregation yep a little bit and the roles that women were expected to play back then and just how antiquated and kind of terrible it seems oh yeah from from the perspective yeah, of yeah, the yeah. modern day so it, it it deals with those sorts of things but it also examines sex in a very open and honest mm-hmm. way I, I found it to be quite enjoyable so i'd give that another shot if i were you okay so pinging off of that let's talk about mind hunters have you seen that oh no but this is david fincher isn't it uh you might be right netflix yes yeah yeah yeah, I'm pretty sure this is David Fincher had something to do with this. I don't know yeah. if he directed or produced it or something. But, yeah, uh, it certainly ooh. has has his vibe to it. 
Okay, well, I put this under good just for that. Yeah, it's essentially the FBI standing up their mass killer unit and tracking down serial killers and stuff like that. Like Masters of Sex, the, the episode that I remember of it, it nails the vibe and aesthetics of the 50s very, very mm. well. And the mindset of the people that they're focusing on very, very well. If you like Masters of Sex and you're into the serial killer type stuff, check that out. How many seasons are there? At least two. I think they're working on number three now. Oh, and then man. number three may be out and I've missed it. It's possible. Are these on DVD? Uh, not that I know of. It's Netflix only. I forget uh, that. That's the issue. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's uh, it's on my list for sure. Okay. Just because Dave, whatever David Fincher does, I'm going to yeah. watch. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. So when I hear he's part of something, I'm not looking into this anymore. I'm not reading about it. I'm not watching anything. I'm just going to watch whatever he produces because I know it's going to be something I enjoy. Yeah. I didn't know it was in the 50s. Yep. I really didn't know what it was about at all. I figured with David Fincher, it's got to be something to do with, you know, violent yeah. murders or something. Yeah, he's got a type, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so I'm not going to talk about Dances with Wolves. Like, duh. Yeah, definitely ugly, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. I'm surprised there hasn't been that much overlap so far, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, it's fun, dude. It's fun. Okay, yeah. here's one. Totally different. Girls Trip. Uh, have it in my queue. I'm trying to remember the black actresses in the lead. Is that, oh, what's her name? Mm, or am I thinking lead. of something else? Yeah, not, not I, Queen Latifah, is it? And well, well, Queen Latifah's in it. Yeah, Tiffany Haddish, I think. Is okay, another. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like her a lot, but I'm gonna guess just based on what I know of you, that this is somewhere between bad and ugly. This is bad. I wanted this to be good. I heard yeah. this was good. I heard this. Yeah, was funny. I, I've heard. I've heard nothing but raves about it. But again, haven't gotten to it yet. I was hoping this was just like, uh, was that, Bridesmaids? I mean, that was hilarious. Yeah, right, right, right. There were elements to this that I enjoyed. I think mm -hmm. the characters were kind of funny, but I don't think there was much about this that was clever. I don't really think there was much new territory here. I feel like I've seen this movie yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was enjoyable for one, for, for like a date night movie. But, right. You know. But it's not fun. one you're going to rave about to your friends, right? No, no. Yeah. All right. So I know you're not into streaming, but how about HBO? Do you have access to HBO? Short answer is no. I did sign okay. up to watch Game of Thrones Season 8 last okay. year, but that was it. Okay, so you have not seen Lovecraft Country then? Uh, no, but I have heard you speak of this before. Yeah. And I, if I recall correctly, this is something that you really enjoyed. So I, I'm a huge H.P. Lovecraft fan. I did not catch wind of the book before the show occurred. And like the Watchmen series, it is putting a very race relation spin onto, you know, mass market TV shows. And I think that both of them have, again, I hate using the term woke, but it's at least bringing attention to areas of American history that are shameful, that we're trying to get past that I certainly wasn't aware of. And putting a fiction layer on top of it and that it's using 
the stories of H.P. Lovecraft and things like Poe, but at least on Lovecraft's part, who was a very racist person, to kind of judo twist that around to being something as a force for good has been absolutely amazing. Like True Detective, I did not like the last 45 minutes of the last episode, but mm. every other minute throughout the entire series was just pure gold, and I think that it's deviated enough from the book that we're going to see a very, very interesting season two out of it. If we can ever get out of this pandemic enough for them to start <laughs> making TV shows and movies again. I was had my breath held for a lot of it because I was like, I can't believe that they're doing this and I can't believe that this is so good. And it starts off with a bang and just doesn't let up. It has its faults. There are things that you kind of say, all right, I see what you're trying to do there and it's not quite working for me. But mm. the the vast majority of it's like, oh shit, I didn't realize that that happened or that this meant that. Got to recognize it and that we've got ways to go. That's probably not on DVD yet. Either, no, no, mm. but HBO has been pretty good about putting stuff out to, to disc. So you might have a shot at seeing that one. Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay, because that had been on my list. I keep seeing that pop up in my uh, news feed like every mm. week. Uh, let's go with... X-Men Dark Phoenix. Ah, again, also got a cheap code for that one, but the reviews were so middling to bad that I haven't prioritized watching that one. Mm. But knowing what I know about you and being a huge X-Men fan, I'm not going to say it's ugly, but somewhere between good and bad, and I think you're going to be the rare person that thought this was a good movie. Oh, well, I like your logic. Um, mm. no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Currently, this is under my ugly. Okay, well, then but, yeah, I guess the critics were right, huh? I'm, I'm wondering if I should just make it bad because. Well, don't change on my account. Uh, man, I'm telling you what. I, 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 <laughs> what, what did they get wrong? Was it the characters? Was it the action? Was it the story? Because, I mean, they had great young actors in all of those parts. It looked absolutely fantastic from the trailers, and then it just fell off the map. I don't even remember what the story was about, to be honest. Just that bad, huh? It has some great acting in it. You get some Michael Fassbender in there, okay? Yep. And he's great with whatever he does. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, yeah. So every time he's on screen, I like watching him on screen because I believe what's going on through sure. his mind you know he yeah, plays know. a very good magneto mm -hmm. and you know walking that fine line between hero and villain and he does a perfect job at that so every time he's on screen I'm, I'm with it but to be honest sam i mean i think what made the other two how many were there i don't know the other the other few younger generation x-men movies good was that it had a very compelling storyline very great writing and this was just paint-by-numbers popcorn. This was just popcorn. That's all mm -hmm. this was. And so if you put in Kid X-Men with popcorn, I say kid, just, and I'm kidding, but yeah. really, it's not that original X-Men crew. It's the younger generation. And I just feel like if the writing isn't there to back them up, then all it is is just young actors and popcorn. That's all it is. Yeah, and so who's the lead female? Is it Sophie Turner? Oh, yeah. 
And her and Jennifer Lawrence, you know. Oh yeah, I mean that's two big names there. No good, huh? Dark Phoenix. So yeah, what she becomes the Phoenix, so she has to go through her journey of being too powerful for her own good and all this kind of stuff. And I feel mm-hmm. like, well, we've already kind of seen that in every other superhero movie. <laughs> There's at least one other X Men movie where they deal with Dark Phoenix, right? Wasn't X three? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She brings down the house on him, right? The Last Stand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they bring back what's-her-face in the Wolverine, Jean Grey, and it was kind of right. like a continuation of that. And Right. I don't know. So, like, they went back to this again. Mm. Uh, we didn't need it. It was ugly. They need to be done with it. They need to reboot it. Just give it to Marvel. Let them do it, please. See, but you're not 17 years old looking for hot chicks on screen, though, Brian. Mm. And even that didn't uh, wasn't a big selling point. Mm. This time around, no. Mm. I was just I wanted it to be done. Okay. Like you know, Ty Sheridan, he's a great actor. All these all these great actors. Yeah. It was tired. This movie didn't need to be made, and I wish it didn't. All right. So talking about depressing Requiem for a Dream. Oh jeez, I've only ever seen a clip or two from this movie. I hear it's very. Com- it's it's a very hard movie to watch, but it's Darren Aronofsky, and he yep. makes these artsy movies. Artsy big brain movies. Yeah, and I've seen a few of his. Uh, let's see, Requiem for a Dream. I'm going to go with bad. I'm going to call it good, although I think in my review, I definitely tread into good and bad it's a hard movie to watch right it's about addiction it's about the american dream and and loneliness and pain but i think it's a movie that everybody should see once at least Mm. right okay you know what would you do to uh, achieve your dreams and are your dreams worth pursuing at any cost just absolute tear down three interrelated characters that go on downward spirals that are are ping-ponging upon each other. Beautifully shot. The 4K disc really, really brings it up a notch. The surround sound on it is better than its age would indicate. And the extras really helped fill in somebody like me who was not aware of the film. And as I explained in my review... um, I thought I was requesting what dreams may come and got yeah. and got Requiem for a Dream. And the movies could not be more different, but I was not a, a fan of what dreams may come. So I was really, really glad to get this movie and be, to experience it for myself and to go on that journey with those three characters. I don't have a lot of experience with addiction. I don't have a lot of experience with opioids and things like that. I do have friends and family that, you know, I've heard, you know, bits and pieces of their downfalls with this, but nowhere to the extent that is depicted in this. But I'm also relatively close to the area in which it was filmed, right? I'm just across, you know, six miles across the water from the area in New York where it was filmed. So I'm familiar with that. I can, you know, see it on a good day from from my side of the river. That hit home too, knowing that these are real things that people around me are experiencing and have been experiencing for 20 years or more. Wow, man. So you just watched it the first time recently. Yeah, yeah, I, I had never heard of it. I, I was a huge fan of Pi and other Aronofsky 
films, but n- never even heard of this one. And again, Whoa, thought it okay. was a different movie. Yeah. Oh, okay. So number one, <laughs> this brings me back, man. This was one of those movies I downloaded in college on Divix. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and I never watched it. I still have it on a disc somewhere, but I've never watched it. Well, they're still tracking you on the Divic servers, Brian. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hear about this movie like once a year. It makes the news for something or people are talking about it for some reason. I don't know. Expect to spend an hour or two reflecting on <laughs> your life and, uh, and those around you afterwards. Okay. It's yeah. it's not a feel-good movie by any no. means. Gotta, gotta, gotta be in the right mood for that. But it's funny that you mentioned what dreams may come. I mean, I thought, doesn't that like sort of dip into that uh, melancholy oh, territory? Oh, completely, completely. But different angles on it, yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember watching that once. Funny story. So my dad and I just set up our first DVD player, and he sends me to Blockbuster to go pick something out. And I come home with that when I think what he really wanted me to do was just go rent The Matrix. Oh, yeah, big difference. So I, yeah, there, it wasn't fun or happy. It even had kind of neat visual effects. But yeah, it was the, just kind the of effects, a, the painting effects were amazing and probably showed off what DVD could do very well, but not mm, the Matrix. <laughs> yeah. Interesting to go back and watch the movie now. With different yeah, I, I, think there, I think there was a recent release of it, so you might mm-hmm. have to check that out. Okay, American Horror Story, 1984. Ooh, I have not watched a single minute of any of those. Is this the one with uh, Lady Gaga? No, this was the most recent one with a season title like 1984. What do you think the vibe would be for this season? Uh, Probably similar to Stranger Things. Yeah, it's like that play on those 80s slasher movies, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Friday the 13th. Yeah, a lot of uh, lot of malls, a lot of big hair, a lot of uh, neon. Yes, all of that, and you know the the, the kids go to the, the the camp, and they got the camp counselors. And oh, okay. There's a killer on the loose, but so they do their take on it, okay. And with American Horror Story, if you haven't ever seen any of these episodes, what well, you it, see before you go there, do do I uh-huh. get a guess, good, bad, or ugly? Oh, geez. Okay, I'm sorry. Yes, please. I, um, so I haven't heard anything about this, although again, I'm not into the whole broadcast TV thing. The American Horror Story series have been generally well liked, and it's a good theme. I'm gonna go with good. Yes, sir. Okay. It's interesting you mentioned broadcast. I don't know how this is on broadcast TV. Yeah. Th- this is mature television. Well, see, they can get away with all kinds of violence, but, you know, show one one booby and you're you're off TV. Oh, maybe that's it. I mean, I have to cover my eyes. I covered my eyes quite a lot during this season, too. Okay. Now, American Horror Story, each season, it's like anthology, right? So each season is different. Yeah, story. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It has been more on the horror side of things than it has been on the slasher side of things, with right. the exception of 1984. So this season wasn't really that scary, but it was really bloody. Gore, yeah. Oh, God. And I, I just could see it coming. I'm like, oh, no, close my eyes, close my eyes, close my eyes. I just cannot watch some of that stuff. But they do a great job at getting that 80s slasher aesthetic with the music, you know, the <laughs> all that kind of stuff. 
And the intro theme music has got this new synthwave vibe to it. Uh, the acting is is great as usual. They bring back some of the, the mm-hmm. a lot of the previous actors and throw in some new people. Oh, so are they are they the same actors playing different roles? Generally speaking, yes. American oh, Horror that's Story. cool. Yeah, same actors, different roles, different characters, different storyline. I story like that. Line. But then with each season, they're throwing in maybe one or two or three new people. So it's it's really, really cool. And so with American Horror Story, if you've never seen any of these seasons, what you see is not necessarily what you get. You think it's going in one direction, and you can you can count on it eventually going in a different direction that you don't see mm. coming from anywhere. Okay. So how this season starts... It forecasts stuff, and you're like, oh, yeah, you know, he's coming, and he's the bad guy. But then it just changes in a way that you do not expect. And so that is why the writing for this show is such top-notch writing. And I am amazed about how year after year these guys can keep churning out this stuff, the efficiency of the storytelling. By the end of the first episode, you know exactly who the dozen characters are, what their motivations are, and what to expect from them. And you want to just keep watching and keep watching. It's such compelling television. That's great to hear, man, because I know that cable TV made broadcasts better, and I know streaming has forced cable TV to up. But we're we're literally in a, a new golden age of serial storytelling. I mean, it's all spread out now. But there is just so much good storytelling out there that's long form that just keeps getting better. And, you know, sure, there's some fans that overdo it and there's some fan service in a lot of these shows where they just give fans what they want. But so many of these shows are like, you know, screw that. We're going to tell the story we want to tell regardless of what the fans are saying. TV's better for that, I think, overall. Yeah, well, this fits right into that, man, because they know what they're doing. Oh, geez, to be a fly on the wall in that writer's room. Goodness. Talking about TV like that, Ted Lasso on the Apple TV Plus. Mm, I don't know this one, man. Yeah, you haven't even heard of it, right? All right. Okay, so imagine that an American football coach is hired away to England to coach uh, what we call soccer and what they call football. And the lead character is Jason Sudeikis playing an unflappably positive character. He is thrown into the worst possible situation in the world where he's coaching a sport he doesn't understand and has to read books on. And he is split from his family, maybe permanently, and yet still maintains a sense of positivity that would be almost too hard to believe. Ted Lasso. And who produces this? Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, well, if Apple's going to back it, that means they saw something in it. I mean, this, by what you describe, I mean, that, that could easily just be dreck. But if Apple's doing it, there's probably something to it. And Jason Sudeikis has never quite done it for me. But there must be something about this show. I'm going to go with good. It is absolutely fantastic. And you know that I'm not the type of person that likes overly positive for positivity's sake. In fact, one of my favorite sayings is that the great thing about being a pessimist is that for any given prediction, you're either right or pleasantly surprised. But they managed to pull this off in such a way that it doesn't become sappy. 
that again it's long format it's about soccer aka football that i could not possibly care less about and it's just terrific. It's a terrific character. I'm not super familiar with Jason Sudeikis, but we'll talk about The Mandalorian next. But the one thing I do know about Jason Sudeikis is he's the trooper that punches Baby Yoda last season. And, uh, you know, you tell me somebody's going to punch Baby Yoda and, and we're going to be fighting. But they just pull it off in such a way that you're like, I can appreciate that the wholehearted good-heartedness in this hmm i hadn't heard of that but no check it out to, if you get a chance on apple out, yeah. tv yeah let's go with true detective season three okay it should be good yes okay enough said um i i think that if i was to rank them season three would be behind season one and ahead of season two yeah i could see that yeah yeah that was good okay cool pitch black uh well i think you're uh, a riddick fan so i'm gonna go with good yeah definitely good the the latest 4k looks and sounds terrific i had originally seen this maybe on dvd when it first came out and this looks so much better the extras are fantastic i would like more riddick please has vin diesel talked about doing more riddick i don't really follow him he's not a twitter guy which is where i get most of my news so maybe i don't know hmm Pain and Gain. Ooh, I'm going to go with Ugly. This was a good. Really? Okay. Yeah. Tell, tell me more about it. I don't I don't remember the story of that. Uh, the Rock, uh, Marky Mark, directed by Michael Bay, based on a true story. These meatheads get wrapped up into this whole kidnapping plot, and they're in over their heads. You know, it's typical Michael Bay shtick. Stuff blows up good? Stuff, yeah. yeah there's, I'm there's in. Some, <laughs> it's not action, okay, oh, okay, but there are some action sequences. Gotcha. Um, but it's 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 much more on a smaller scale. Okay. It's funny <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's also kind of amazing because it's based off of a true story. So okay. I do highly recommend this movie. Right. I've seen it. I'm three I'm times. putting it on my list right now. Yeah, okay. Alright. I am Vengeance Retaliation. Hmm. I am Vengeance Retaliation. This sounds like a sequel to something. Yep. Who's in this? Nobody. Okay. <laughs> well, Sam, <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes you, you, you do have these oddball films that uh, that you like. Of course, we all do, don't we? Mm-hmm. Um, so it could fall into that category. But it kind of sounds like Drek, Sam. So I'm going to go with Bad. Ugly. Ugly, So, so bad. So this was uh, intended as a vehicle to take a a UK wrestler, like a vehicle to become a superstar actor, Uh, to bridge. And uh, apparently the the I Am Vengeance original movie is pretty good. This one um, did not live up to that. Hmm. Who's in the original? I'd have to look it up. I, I, again, I rented it. Uh, bef- I, I bought it before watching this one for a review and uh. Uh, did not go so well. Mm, okay. Bumblebee? Uh, I liked it. Uh, of the Transformers, it was it was lighthearted and good. Yeah, there were moments that were. I put this under bad. Yeah, I can see that. That's fair. Who's the girl that, that was the lead in that? I thought she was pretty good in it. Yeah, uh, Haley Steinfeld. Yeah, Seinfeld, yeah, something. Seinfeld, yeah. 
I don't really remember much of her in the movie. I think the visual effects were, of yeah. course, great. But it wasn't so over-the-top the way so many of Bay's Transformers have been. True. And this wasn't Michael Bay, was it? I don't think so. It wasn't over-the-top. It was much like this was even smaller scale, and that was fine. I think it was just way too cute for me. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. It was popcorn. I did like the song over the credits, but I think with these Transformers movies... I... I want them to be Transformers movies. I don't want them to be people movie with Transformers in them. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what they feel like yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, growing up as a kid of the 80s, like, that was Transformers, man, you know? Yeah. And the first one, I think it had heart, but everything after that just really was just Michael Bay nonsense. And mm. this, I don't feel it was much different. Changing the vibe completely, Richard Jewell. Oh, goodness. I want to see that. I'd guess good. Yeah, it was very good. You, It's hard to argue against Clint Eastwood as a director. The guy mm-hmm. knows what the hell he's doing. Based off a true story. Based off the true story, and I'm, I'm sure that half of my relatives still believe that Richard Jewell was guilty, although it's pretty clear that he was not. Paul Walter Hauser, who I first experienced in Black Klansman, seems like one of the actors of his generation and i want to see more stuff with him in it he is just fantastic he's the main character he plays richard jewell and the guy from moon is uh, his lawyer uh, what the hell is his name uh edward uh, no no edward norton uh, no sam no. sam rockwell, sam rockwell who, mm. who's always fantastic and um just terrific performances all around between him and his mother and Sam Rockwell are all, all terrific in that. Paul Walter Hauser. Yeah. I don't remember him in Black Klansman, but I yeah, do he... remember him in I, Tanya. Oh, I have that and haven't seen it. He's because good that was that. on my list, too. He's in that. Okay. I will he, check that out. He's great in that. Okay. He plays one of the less than smart racists in Black mm-hmm. Klansman. Kind of uh, yeah. chubby. I, I, can, I can picture him in there. Yeah. I just... I guess I didn't know him at the time, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I wasn't well, looking I, out for I him. I will watch I, Tanya tonight, then. Uh, okay, Natural Born Killers. Ooh, Woody Harrelson. Um, yeah. Gonna guess good. Uh, most people seem to like it. I don't remember much about it. Yeah, very strange. Oliver Stone, it was good. It's got some replayability to it. Really violent, and definitely it's that 90s weird experimental time, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was enjoyable. I'm going to do a double-double on you. Okay. Uh, Miss Bala, the original in the remake, and Papillon, uh, the original in the remake. Okay, I've heard of Papillon, but I don't know anything about these. Okay, so Papillon is about uh, a prisoner that escapes from a British penal colony. Uh, and so the the original is Dustin Hoffman. The remake is the lead guy from um, Sons of Anarchy. And Miss Bala is about a uh, Mexican woman who gets caught up in uh, drug trafficking and eventually goes on a beauty contest as as part of the um, interaction with the drug dealers hmm. that she's caught with. I'm going to say all four were good. I'm going to say I like the originals of both of them, but both remakes had interesting new takes on them. And the interesting thing about Papillon itself is that there was a, you know, a famous book that it was written about, 
and the extras on the new version fill in the, the real life of the the character that it's based on oh okay so recommended all four versions cool all right well i guess we'll end here i, I have just one one last one here uh okay. world war z oh i like that good yeah 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 not surprising it was a good movie I yeah, really I th- wish David Fincher got the chance to make the sequel. Yeah. And the book that it's based on is pretty interesting, too. I've read parts of it, so I'd give a recommendation to that. I love me some zombies, man. <laughs> okay, a couple others I just want to throw out before we yeah. end. Yeah. Little Women 2019 wasn't for me, but I'm sure there are people that it was their favorite movie of the year. Mm. We Summon the Darkness. Uh, I, I reviewed that. Yeah, I'm, I'm I was, sorry. We, what is We Summon in the Darkness? We Summon in the Darkness is about uh, the satanic panic of the 70s. So We Summon in the Darkness was fun. It's kind of a you know, teen movie um, with the, the whole satanic angle on it. Scoob, the animated movie, hated it. What is that? Uh, Scooby-Doo origin story. Oh, God. Yeah, bad deal. And the... Uh, the last couple I want to talk about, Guns Akimbo. Have you seen that? No, no, nothing about it. Uh, shit blows up good. Uh, it's the guy from uh, Harry Potter. What's his name? Um, the lead from Harry Potter, Harry Potter himself. Daniel Radcliffe? Yeah, yeah, Daniel Radcliffe wakes up with guns attached to his hands. You ever see, it's kind of like Crank. So oh. if you like Crank, you would love this. Oh. It's not a great movie, but it's fun. Okay. Uh, the How are they attached to his hands? Surgically. Ah, uh, the Invisible Man, the remake, completely different than the original. Is that Eliz- got what's her f- Elizabeth yeah. Moss? Uh, yeah, okay. It, it, it's pretty good. It's not oh. great, but I liked it. Oh, okay. And the last one I'll talk about is Underwater. Have you seen that monster no. monster movie under the sea? Wants to be a Cthulhu movie, but never quite makes it there. It's okay. Oh, okay. Is it like a B movie or something? Yeah, definitely. Good popcorn muncher. Oh, okay. No, I was thinking of what's that one, 47 meters down or something. Oh, I, I reviewed both of those. I, I, I like them. Mm, okay. They, they, you know, they've got their faults, but uh, they're fun popcorn munchers. So, Little Women, a story I've heard about before. I don't know anything about it, but now I'm kind of interested because of my new interest in history. What didn't work for you? Just kind of smarmy. I didn't care about any of the characters the way that I'm sure generations of women really took to them. They, they uh, just didn't work for me. I, I didn't care about any of them. Was this the same director who did Lady Bird? Might have been. It's the same lead actress. What's her name? Uh, mm-hmm. Again, I'm not the target audience, so don't send me hate mail for not liking it. <laughs> uh, I might have just bought that because I thought it might be something to go to watch with Cat, but um, yeah. probably will be date movie you know yeah i'm sure people that grew up loving you know little women and um you know the bronte sisters and all all those types of works are loving it because it it really is lovingly done you know it's done with care it's absolutely gorgeous film but it's it's just not for me Mm-hmm. well that's it sam we this watched a lot of stuff man what do we be? it's not like we've been going to work or anything stuck at home <laughs> you know? i didn't even get to talk about all the video games i've been playing with oh that, that might be another topic someday but yeah i think video games is is a good topic because that's yeah. that's one of those things that has encroached into the home theater realm so well for sure. yeah yeah i mean but both systems are supporting 4k and 
at least on the Xbox side, very, very heavy with Dolby Vision and Atmos. The PlayStation's acting a little weird about the, the Dolby surround, so we'll see mm. how, the, how that all shakes out. But oh, video, okay. video games are looking better than they ever have before and sounding better, so... Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even the writing's getting better because I think they're being forced to because of how good their TV shows are that, they, you know, finally we're getting better writing in video games of all things, so... Yeah. So we're getting but there. Yet, but yet we're stuck with the masked dancer you know, on TV. Well, um, why? If, so, if, if people are drawn to good writing and good television, then why do man, we still watch this Drek? I don't know, man. <laughs> I blame America. Yes. <laughs> we blame America. I do. Hey, one last thing. Did you get yeah. anything for Black Friday? Hell yeah. Did Dude. you? Oh, God. I spent way too much money. I didn't want to talk about it. On, on just, movies? Yes. See, yeah, you've you've got like this whole avalanche of physical media that you're still consuming, and where for me, all of my codes and stuff like that were just absolutely horrendous. There wasn't a whole lot to excite me. Mm. But I w- I went up buying a new office chair. That's all I got for Black Friday. You know, I'm I'm happy though because some of the things I bought I've been really wanting for a long time, like. The Ken Burns Civil War documentary oh, that I've nice. never seen. I've yeah, never yeah. seen it, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. like, there's there's lots of educational stuff I bought that I've just I just need to. I'm stuck at home, so the yep. outside world needs to come to me, you know. That's it. So uh, happy holiday season to all our listeners too. We appreciate all the support and uh, thank the, the forum ownership too for for this opportunity. We, I know at least I have had an absolute blast doing this, and I know you have too. Yeah, man. Thanks a lot, everybody. Thanks for listening, and we will catch up with you soon.